it's not every day that you have the greatest producer in the world, the best we've ever had, join Destination Linux. And it's also not every day that that producer has a birthday. So happy birthday, Zeb. Thank you very much indeed. That's very, very, very nice of you. Happy birthday, Zeb. Cheers, dude. Rocco, quit phone around. All right, I think I'm ready. Let's do this. Welcome to another episode of Destination Linux Podcast. Welcome to episode 48. I'm Rocco. And I'm Ryan. And this is Destination Linux. Today we have on the show a special guest, a guy that we kind of rip off every week. We're <laughs> <laughs> excited to have him on. Uh, we, we might as well have him on because we have yes. uh, a lot of articles from his site. So we have Liam from Gaming on Linux. Oh, yeah. Welcome, Liam. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going great. We absolutely love gaming on Linux. Like Rocco said, it's one of the sites, you know, there are a few sites that show up every week when you're doing a news feed that you grab from and gaming on Linux is one of those sites we grab from all the time. So it's awesome to have you on. We're really excited uh, to talk to you about it and how all this got started. Um, but first, Rocco, you want to go through some of the the stats and all the things about gaming on Linux that people might not know? Well, it's a group of passionate Linux fans mm-hmm. that want to bring you nothing but the best in Linux gaming news. So, Liam, you started this in 2009? Yeah, around about that sort of time. I'm, to be honest, I'm kind of unclear on how <laughs> long ago it was exactly, because it was sort of off and on for quite a while, but... I think it's about 2009, yeah. Okay, so you approximately have 6,900 registered users on the site. Yeah, it's closing on 7K now. Wow. But that's registered users, which is a very important piece to pick out. Most people aren't going to register for sites normally, right? They just go to it, get their news, and leave. Yep. You got 7,000 people who are like, no, I'm going to register. I'm going to take the time to fill all that out, which is awesome. Yep. You have 7,000 plus views per day, which is another awesome number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think it's, it's about that, something like that anyway. You have a Twitch channel that has 2,700 followers. And you have a YouTube channel that has 2,800 followers. You must be doing something right. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the YouTube is one we don't really utilize as much as we probably should. Yeah, because it's making videos like I'm sure you guys obviously know is so time consuming. It's it's not the making, it's the editing. It's just nuts. It takes so long. Absolutely. So do you guys allow right now just your Twitch content to roll over into YouTube? Is that kind of how you? Yeah, we started exporting more of our live streams to YouTube and sort of cleaning them up a little bit like today. I cut one down from like 55 minutes to like 40 minutes, but doing that took me like two hours. And it's like, oh, <laughs> yes. It's just, yeah. I feel your pain. <laughs> that's the fun part about YouTube <laughs> editing, making the video feel so good. Editing it's where it gets the problem, but you also have a whole team of folks that work with you. You've got Hamish Paul Wilson, game critic and free software developer. 
Of course, I think some of these descriptions they made on their own because they kind of cracked me up, like Alex B. Sharp, Jack of all trades and storyteller. Yeah, that wasn't me. Cheesiness, game developer and Linux helper, Sam Sai, YouTuber and responsible for the GOL cast and BTRE, an article writer and reviewer. So you've got a whole team of people that help kind of create this awesomeness we know as gaming on Linux. So my first question for you is... Early on, there there is this game that I think about that inspired me to start being interested in gaming, to give up football or whatever the interests were. And to me, it was Zelda. Zelda was that game that I sat down. It was one of the first games. You know, my brother always gamed. He was older than me. When I played Zelda for the first time, I'm like, I'm going to be a gamer. This is awesome. Being that you run this awesome gaming site, was there a game like that for you? Yeah, it has to be the probably the original Sonic Nice. Uh, I was, when I was a lot younger, I was in hospital and I was there. I can't remember how long, but all I remember is the hospital staff bringing in a Sega Mega Drive and a TV to keep me occupied. And, you know, that's one of my earliest gaming memories. And I remember then my dad getting me a Sega Mega Drive after that. So then I was just hooked completely like on it for days. That's awesome. So to this day, do you still play any of the new Sega um, Sonic game? Or I guess it's just Sonic games now. Are they, do you, any of them good enough? Yeah, well, see, I have a little mini me and he's into (laughs) those sorts of things as well. So I have one of those too. Yeah. And he, he likes things like Sonic. So we've actually got one of the more recent ones on the Nintendo Switch. So it's it's kind of weird because it's it's kind of a remake at the same time of, li- of the original. It's got like a lot of similarities to the original, mm-hmm. so it's kind of cool to introduce that to him. Yeah. Do you own them on it? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> well, that's that's something that sticks with you, like a memory like that is going to stick with you, and it's going to be etched in your mind. So that's pretty awesome. Yep. So, as we had stated earlier, back in 2009, you started the Linux gaming focus site. So, what got you into Linux at that time? At, at that time, I wasn't really sure. I mean, I was reading other Linux websites and Linux gaming sites, and I'd been following Linux for years. And I just sort of, I looked at these Linux gaming sites and I just thought maybe I could just do it better because I'd been building websites for years before that. And yeah, I just thought, right, I might as well make a go of it, see if I can do anything better. And so I just stuck at it until something happened, basically. Now, I haven't been in Linux as long as as Rocco and some of the others, but 2009 seems like the dark ages of gaming for Linux. Like, it, it wasn't what it is today, which we'll get into a little it bit later. It was the dark ages, let me tell you. What, was it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just didn't have the, you know, the the, the Steam backing, the Feral Interactive, the, all that type of stuff from, from at least what I know. So, I mean, why, why, why a gaming site on Linux? Well, I'd... I remember years before that, I was going through different distributions. I think it was was Fedora Core, as it was at the time. There was Mandrake before it was Mandriva and all sorts of things like that. And then I remember going through the repositories, picking out 
uh, like little games that they had. And it all worked quite well. And I got more and more <laughs> interested in it. So the interest just sort of bloomed over time, really, because I just kept using Linux more and more, kept going back to it, distro hopping naturally. <laughs> naturally. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he's a distro hopper. That question's been answered. So, is that what you started on, Fedora Core? Uh, no, I started on Mandrake nine point two because my first ever computer that was mine came with it. Nice. Oh wow. So, so yeah. <laughs> and what do you run today? Uh, just standard Ubuntu seventeen ten. Huh. Imagine that. So do I. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> well, which computer are you referring to, Rocco? Because I have many with many oh, different distros okay. on it. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start the hate on Mint right now. Mm-hmm. All right. So you mentioned something really interesting. You said you were looking at other sites that were talking about Linux gaming at that time, and you thought I could do this better. I mean, that seems like the start of every business in the world, right? You see something and you're like, I think I could fill a niche here and make it better. Were there some game critics or writers, though, that inspired you when you were deciding, I think I can do this better? Yeah, I mean, back in those days, there was uh, linuxgames.com, which has always got a sort of a special place in, you know, in my heart because that was the site that I was reading for years. And they, you know, back then, they were doing a re- quite, really quite a nice job. And it's kind of sad, really, that they're not around anymore because the owner decided to just shut it down and just let it go into oblivion. And it's it's sad. Yeah. Wow. All right. So uh, do you do your development like uh, for your website and all on Linux? Uh, do you use any specific software to help you with the site or no? Uh, yeah. And literally everything is done on Linux. I think the last time nice. I booted Windows was months ago for well not many months ago i did like a a comparison between f1 2017 between linux and windows that was the last time i booted into it and before that again was months and months ago i i don't like windows i don't like using (laughs) it or anything about it it just it annoys me every time i have to use it i sit there and remember why i hate it yeah well, it doesn't take long because the second you boot into and it's like, you need to update. Now, when you want to install an app, you need to give it special permissions to install anything third party and all these warnings. I mean, it's just, it's craziness. And then you get the keys popping up when you haven't booted into it for a long time. It's like, your key's expiring. You need to buy this. The that worst thing crazy. is when you want to leave it to, to come back to your safe place with Ubuntu or <laughs> Mint. Place. And it's like... It's like, no, you're not leaving us yet. We're going to do some updates. Right. You're going to have to stay here for 40 minutes and stare at a blue screen. Yep. Please don't turn off your computer. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. So, you know, you talked about um, building this this site and doing Linux as your main focus point, but surely you had to feel some pressure being that, I mean, it's, it's no secret, Linux gaming you know, the stats aren't staggering for gaming on Linux, although it's getting much better. This is the golden age of gaming on Linux, I think. But especially back when you started, you had to feel some pressure to say, should I add console gamings on here? Should I add Windows gaming on here? Any of that? Or were you just like, no, I'm going Linux. I'm not touching anything else. Nope. Back then, no. Um, I've, I've never felt like I've needed to do anything else. 
apart from I tried doing another site recently to do just general Linux news, but in the end, I bit off more than I could chew, and there's just too much Linux gaming news for me to do anything else. How awesome is that? That is really awesome. It's it's a weird place to be in because I'll be waking up, checking my inbox, and I'll just be like, yeah, I'm going to go and have a coffee first before I deal with this. (laughs) Now, was it always that way? Were there periods in like 2009, 2010 where it took you a lot of time to find anything to write about? Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, you guys said it yourselves uh, in Dark Ages. It was just, there was nothing. Right. Pretty much. And now you can't keep up. That's awesome. I, it, it's funny you say that because in between, you know, having when we were going to have you on, we started creating the show, uh, the notes for the show, the games that were on gaming on Linux. I mean, the full page had completely switched from the beginning of the week to by the middle of the week of what games you were highlighting, which in itself shows how much is happening in the gaming world. I mean, it's a constantly revolving articles and door of stuff, which is just fantastic finally yeah i think that the way it is now will probably never change unless something truly drastic happens the games for linux are just going to keep ticking over well i'm hoping that they do um because it's something that everybody can enjoy and if i didn't have to boot into windows at times to play certain games i would never touch windows again uh, there's just certain games on that uh, I enjoy playing that is only available for Windows. So there you go. No tucks, no bucks, Rocco. All right, whatever. Um, Learn. <laughs> <laughs> I really hate that saying. Oh, man. <laughs> That's his favorite saying. It is. You just ruined my whole, the only saying I have. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see people use it all the time. And I just think if I'm a game developer and I'm not particularly bothered about Linux, if somebody says to me, no tucks, no bucks, I'm just going to look at that and think, what does that even mean? <laughs> You're not going to get my $5. Yeah. So for, you know, I didn't want to miss this. You talked about F1 2017 and doing a comparison between Linux and Windows. How did that end up, that comparison? Uh, it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. The the Linux version does perform pretty well, um, and I, I certainly enjoy it. But the, the gap between the Linux and Windows version was a bit higher than I was expecting. But there has been an issue with NVIDIA drivers recently going back quite a while where they've lowered performance and they're using more VRAM. So it might be a case of it being driver issues. Don't know. But a lot of Linux ports do have lower performance. So I'm hoping once Vulkan is used more and developers know how to use it more that performance the the performance gap might shorten a little bit maybe mm-hmm. who knows but. i've also heard the 390 drivers are coming out and nvidia is supposed to have a bunch of fixes for linux in that version so not sure if that'll happen but that's what i've been reading about there yeah there's supposed to be the 390 driver next month with a workaround for that performance issue so hopefully It'll be a bit better. Awesome. Well, when you started, when you started gaming on Linux in 2009, gaming on Linux, actual gaming on Linux has changed since then so much. So what do you think, what do you see as the biggest change to step forward 
uh, to have gaming on Linux? There wasn't any one particular thing. It was, it was so many things that was just happening one after the other, and it just the momentum just carried on going. I mean, you had, well, back before the good stuff happened, you have stuff like Loki Games, but they disappeared. You then had Linux Game Publishing, but then there was a real drought until you suddenly started getting a few indie games, and then out of nowhere, Humble Indie Bundle. Just suddenly launched, and they were like, "We've got cross-platform games, DRM-free," hmm. and they kept pushing those out. And then Desura, I don't know if you guys have heard of them before. They yeah. they were like, sort of like an indie version of Steam back in the day, and they decided they were going to support Linux. And then they put their game client onto Linux as well. And then Steam came along, and then GOG were like, "Oh." We've got to support Linux as well. Okay, now they're there, and it just—it was just one thing after another, and it just exploded. It was crazy. I think that's a perfect analogy of what happened in general in Linux, because Linux is like a, a building block system where it doesn't happen all at once. It doesn't explode all at once. It's just a continual process of little updates here and there, every week, every month, every year, little bit by little bit. It gets better and better and better until we're at a point now where I th I think it's pretty awesome right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, some of our listeners may not be gamers, but why this is so important, sites like yours are so important, is because when I started doing, you know, videos and things about Linux, that was the number one thing a lot of people would come back with. I'd switch to Linux tomorrow if it had the games. If it had the games, the games, the games. It's like always yeah. the response. Gaming yeah, is everywhere. Important. Yeah, gaming's important for bringing a lot of the users who don't like Windows, which is most people, uh, but they don't want to necessarily dual boot or deal with that uh, or don't feel like they're technical enough, which I think some of those myths need to be broken down because Linux is about as easy as you can get nowadays. But that's why gaming on Linux and seeing it kind of progress is so important. And with that being said, what are some things or changes you think still need to happen before Linux really starts to be taken seriously, more seriously as a competitor. It's quite tricky, really, because you go into any sort of computer store and what you see, you see Windows. Yep. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely going to be the biggest barrier. But apart from that, there's the issue of getting, well, we've started getting some AAA games from like Asper Media, Mm -hmm. Feral Interactive, Virtual Programming, you know, and a bunch of others. But we need them to be on the same day as the Windows release because otherwise they will lose sales. And they do need to perform as closely or even better than Windows because a lot of people who are thinking about switching might end up not if, you know, they're losing 20 to 30% of the performance. Right. So that Absolutely. is I'm still a major blocker, I think, right now. Well, you mentioned that uh, you haven't booted into Windows to play games uh, for a while now. Nope. Um, so I dual boot. I play certain games on Windows. Uh, but what are your thoughts on other solutions like Wine and Play on Linux? I think Wine is a fantastic piece of software. I... Well, that's how I think about it now. Anyway, 
I sort of, I used to go through phases of loving it and hating it, but I, I've just come to the decision now that I think it's an invaluable tool because when I think back to my early days, wine is one of the things that kept me on Linux. Wow. I was running things in wine so that I didn't have to go into windows. And that was you know, so many years ago. Wine has come along amazing since then. You can play so many things on wine now. It's insane. And I think it's better to have people playing in wine on Linux than being on windows because it's one more step towards being fully on Linux. It's interesting here because with, with wine, I, I started with wine to play the new doom on my channel to show the new 1080 when it came out and it playing on Linux, of course, through wine with Vulcan drivers and the frame rates, I think were like 180 frames per second. It was insane, right. For, um, in, in nightmare mode for a game playing through an emulator, essentially of, of wine. Um, since then, I don't really game in windows and I haven't really messed with wine a whole lot because it just seems like I'm going to go there, look for a game that's compatible with Linux off the bat. If it's not there, I'm not going to play it. In your case, though, you don't have really have that option. You want you need to play everything and obviously understand what's going on in the market. But we were talking about that earlier, Rocco. You're not a big wine person. It's a fabulous piece of software. Don't get me wrong. I just I just kind of at some point in my Linux career, I just stopped using it. Well, wine was a big part, like Liam said, it was a big part when I first came to Linux because, you know, you had programs that just wouldn't run. There was there was no other way to run them. And you were so used to using these programs from years of being trained to use them that mm -hmm. when you switch over to Linux, you don't know a whole lot about everything. You don't and sure. you're not going to go and oh, you may search out a few programs, but you're always going to go back to what you feel comfortable with. So mm -hmm. wine was like a a must have. But to the I'm to the point now where I have either found alternatives or stopped using the programs because they have gone less and less that I've needed it. So every every so many months, every year, it's less and less programs that I need that I need wine to run. So now I'm down to like two programs. Well, do I really want to install wine to run them two programs? So that's why I don't. I don't even install Wine anymore. But for people who are still uh, into certain programs that won't run and that don't want to switch, it's great for them. It's just not yeah. something that I need to install. Yeah. And it's going to keep getting better. It seems to keep getting better. They have lots of updates and things coming. So I always go back to it. I actually always install it. I just rarely actually follow through with it. Like you said, most everything I have these days I've replaced with some open source alternative. Um, but definitely early on, yeah, I thought I had to have Microsoft Office. I just have to. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like you, you live without it. You feel like you have to because you've been trained all these years to use this program. And, right. you know, change is not always fun. Absolutely. So what distros, Liam, do you personally game on? I know you're on Ubuntu 17.10, but is there a top three or five distro or top three distros if you thought if somebody said, hey, I'm going to move to Linux and I want a game? What are the top distros you think perform the best for gaming? Well, Ubuntu is going to be the obvious choice for number one because no matter what other people say, I, I'm of the belief that if somebody is new and they're new to Linux, then giving them Ubuntu is going to be the best option. It's generally the most supported by Steam and by games developers. 
some developers won't even give you support unless you're on Ubuntu. So I think to to give a newbie anything else than that, I think is is a bit silly, really, because if they come across problems, then they're not going to get as much help. But apart from that, I'm really liking what the Solus developers yeah. are doing. Their Steam integration using Snaps, I think that is genius. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, really impressed with their work. And I think once it comes along a bit more that if other distributions pick it up, it could become a standard. Who knows? Because it's using Snaps. So, you know, it's going to be the same across all the distributions, which is part of the idea of Snaps, isn't it? Yep. yep. Well, we talked about your Twitch channel. And I guess you focus most of your content on the Twitch channel. Do you find that um, there's a lot of focus on Linux in Twitch or is it opening people's eyes to Linux? Uh, There's hardly any focus on Linux on Twitch. But what I've seen quite a lot is when we're streaming, people will come in and start asking questions about Linux. Nice. And I think it's, it's amazing because you're you're there showcasing what Linux can do as a gaming platform whilst you or other people in the chat are advertising Linux, helping people through problems. And there's been quite a lot of times where people have been like, oh, okay, I'm going to buy this game now nice. because they've seen you play it and right. they've seen how well it works. I think Twitch is a, a great advertising tool for Linux and gaming. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. And it's interesting to see the younger generation kind of moving away in some cases from YouTube and being more of a Twitch generation. And I was witnessing this in some of the popular Twitch channels recently about them just going off on them not liking YouTube content creators and really wanting more Twitch you know, um, material and wanting more people, YouTubers who do gaming and things on YouTube to move to Twitch. And it just seems like there's some migration there where Twitch's popularity is gaining. So not having a huge market at first has never stopped you before you started your game site back when, you know, in 2009 during, as we joked, the dark ages of Linux. And I think having you on Twitch which I think is a major player now in gaming and having those conversations and people seeing, oh, wow, you can play games on Linux and it plays them fabulously is going to be huge for, you know, the progress of uh, gaming and getting the news out there. Because I still get comments uh, from people. In fact, just this week, I had a comment on one of my YouTube videos about, um, oh, you, but yeah, but you have zero games in Linux, right? I'm like, no, I've got like 400, dude. <laughs> Like half of my half of every game I ever bought, I was able to play on Linux the day I installed it. it it's just, you know, there's a big misunderstanding out there. So people seeing that I think is huge. Yeah. The the problem with things like that is when somebody sees someone say that, they then think it and they parrot it and then they go and say it to somebody else. And it just yep. it's like Chinese whispers, basically. Yeah. Yep. And it is it is quite annoying. But there, there is an obvious truth behind it as well that we don't have as many AAA games. But mm-hmm. if you're if you're into Linux and you like gaming, then then you you know you're going to do fine. If you like your indie games, then generally on Linux you're going to do 
pretty well. You're on Twitch. Do you are there other streamers on Twitch that have Linux-based content that maybe uh, users should yeah. follow? I yeah, there's there's actually surprisingly quite a few of them. Uh, there's pseudo shred hexdsl expander there's there's loads of people like there's too many names doing twitch streams and youtube nowadays it's it's hard to remember them all but uh hexdsl is one of the people who does it the most i think at the moment as well nice. yeah i've never watched his uh twitch channel but i have watched him on uh, youtube a lot so yeah that's where i know him from too so, you know, one of the things that people get interested in is, you know, obviously with Twitch and some people making lots of money is, well, could I live stream with Linux? You know, I get silly questions a lot of times, which is why I did a lot of major new hardware on my channel and things. So I think it's interesting to always go through some of the hardware and things that you're using, you know, as a way of kind of showing you can do all of this in Linux just like you could in Windows. What kind of software and hardware are you using? I assume you use OBS for your streaming software. Yeah, I mean, OBS Studio coming to Linux was an absolute godsend. I mean, before that, I was trying to use either FFmpeg script or simple screen recorder, Mm -hmm. and it never worked right. The audio would go out of sync all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And it was was an absolute nightmare. And then OBS Studio came in and it was like, holy grail of streaming came to Linux and it was it's it's changed everything. Now you see anybody ask the question of, hey, can I stream on Linux? And the the answer is always just just use OBS. Yep. And you'll be fine. Absolutely. And then as far as like physical hardware for your computer, do you use any capture cards or a second streaming machine? Like I know I use the Intensity Pro 4K. It works fantastic for Linux for streaming content and things like that. Or do you just use one main machine to stream? Uh, just the main machine, but really, I do want to look at some sort of capture cards at some point because the the heavier the games that come out, obviously, the more it's sucking power out of the GPU and CPU just to play mm-hmm. the game, and then the streams on top of that can reduce performance quite a lot. So right. having a dedicated card doing everything for the stream, leaving the rest of the computer to do the game, it's yes, yeah, very useful, but it can work out quite expensive. Yeah, it always gets expensive. All yeah. these fun toys are expensive. Yep, plus the games themselves. Um, so, Pharaoh Interactive and Steam have played major roles in gaming. So, are there any other developers or companies that have played major roles that need to have some recognition? Yeah, well, there's there's loads, uh, but the main players is obviously Feral, uh, Asper Media, Virtual Programming, Ryan Gordon, who's been around for like ever, uh, Ethan Lee, Aaron Melcher from Knockout Games, I've, and the list just you know keeps going. But those are sort of some of the main players. Like Asper Media did Civilization. Borderlands, you know, games oh, like yeah. that. Yep. Virtual programming did Dirt Showdown, Armor 3, uh, Bioshock Infinite. Right. And oh, then wow. Ryan Gordon has done so many, I can't name. The same for Ethan Lee. Aaron Melcher did Shadow Warrior 2 and a bunch of others. Like there's all those games you're mentioning, I love every single <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so that's what you owe it to, Ryan. I'm telling you, I loved it. I started writing some of those names down. I think it's important to do that type of recognition for the people who are pushing it. You know, we hear the big companies, Barrel Interactive, Steam. There's a lot of people, as you've just proven, that are pushing gaming on Linux, that are helping bring these this content to Linux. And I think it's important to know their names, know who they are, and support their projects because it's really what's going to drive it continuing to move forward. So you and your team, obviously, one of the things I'm very jealous about is you get to play lots of games. I mean, that's what your whole website's about. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite games of 2017? Favorite game of just this year? Yeah. Ooh. It doesn't have to be one. It could be a couple. Yeah. Well, F1 2017 is is pretty good. Gosh, that's one I want too, Rocco. It is on my wish list. So. <laughs> that's one day I'm going to get that. We want it more. I got and completely, utterly hooked on it. And I'm awful at it, but <laughs> I, I can't stop myself to the point that it's the first game to make me want to buy a wheel, and I'm going to buy a wheel. <laughs> that was what I said. Yeah. I said, I'm going to get the wheel first because they're expensive. Can you believe how expensive these steering wheels are? They're like... Oh my god. Well, I picked up a uh second-hand yeah. wheel. Okay, but like I said, I played American Truck Simulator simulator with it and maybe it would be different, maybe with a like an exciting car game, but with American Truck Simulator it was cool, but it was it didn't when I played with the keyboard and mouse, it really didn't take away too much from the game that I didn't have a wheel. So, hey, didn't Euro Truck Simulator just come out with a new just expansion just it was it was so recent that we covered it in a in like a two weeks two weeks ago on one of the episodes we covered american truck simulator or euro truck simulator 2 coming out oh yeah you that's may not right. have heard the news yet gaming on linux uh liam uh you guys need to write an article on it we, we're breaking it here first breaking news that euro truck simulator 2 just came out <laughs> in 2013 you could quote us on that. <laughs> See, I remember playing that when it came out for <laughs> Linux. And I remember one of my one of my friends at the time, you know, the Steam chat sort of popped up and he was like, oh, I bet that's fun. Ha, ha, ha. And I, and I was there like, <laughs> like, you know, like, woo, <laughs> driving away. I was loving it. That's what I told Rocco. I didn't get the game concept, like driving a truck around. And Rocco's like, "No, dude, you got to get in there and do it." It was and pretty fun, dude. Cool about it. So it was. I've got to. I've got to go eventually check this new, brand new game that just launched. Euro Tricks. It might too. be cooler for you with a wheel. <laughs> yeah, for you. I've got to get the wheel. It's a surprisingly challenging game. Hmm. Yep. Especially when you're trying to park the thing backwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's the reverse that it kills everybody <laughs> yeah now Rocco is it as hard in real life to reverse a truck and trailer as it is in Euro Truck Simulator it depends on who's behind the wheel so for you it wasn't <laughs> I'm just saying it depends on who's behind the wheel there are some truck drivers that are awesome at backing up and there are other tri truck drivers that cannot back up they can drive forward for thousands of miles but they can't back up worth nothing so That's it, funny. it just depends on who it is. See, Rocco has some real life experience in there, which even further surprises me. You played the game. That's you. You did the thing for real. That's part of the reason why it was fun, <laughs> I guess. So, what other games besides F one twenty seventeen would be on your list for best of twenty seventeen? Well, there was the very recent release of Oxygen Not Included, 
which nice. I decided to do on a live stream, and I was just like, oh, it's it's amazing. It's so it's it's fascinating, as it is fun. That's a game we're going to cover in our news today. In fact, that we yeah. swiped from your site. <laughs> yeah, not so, that we've ever done that before. No, no, never before. First time. So as a follow-up to your favorite game of this year, what is one of the games you would say is one of your favorites of all time? If somebody wants to play a Linux game, it's their first time gaming on Linux, what's one of the must-have play games on Linux? Honestly? Of all time. Right now, as it stands right now, I would probably say XCOM 2. Nice pick. Something I've never played. Sheesh. It's a shame too. It's such a good game. I was gonna go with Borderlands. Maybe would be in there, but XCOM would be really close to that. Well, until yeah. I would play XCOM two, it has to be Half Life two. Yeah, it has to be. That is, that's a great one too. Definitely, of all time. We talked about a game last week called Trooper Brook that's supposed to be coming out for Linux at some point. Gosh, it looks so good. What are your thoughts on it? Because I think it looks pretty pretty awesome myself. That's the one where they've made sort of like set pieces for it. Yes. It? Yes. I, I I love that. That whole idea. It's it's just it's it's very different when you're seeing something that's generated graphics to something that's made in real life. It gives mm-hmm. the whole game a completely unique feel. And I I can't wait. I think it looks so good. I definitely want to, at some point, join the Kickstarter beforehand. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I think it's worth it. Because it, you know, when you got a game of that kind of quality come to Linux, it it does nothing but good things for it. So, But hey, Liam, if you ever have developers send you a bunch of extra keys, Rocco and I will take them (laughs) off your hands. (laughs) Listen to them. Just as you were wondering. (laughs) My gosh. I know you probably don't have anybody else to give them to. We'll take them. Don't worry about it. Oh, my gosh. Don't want you to feel the pressure. So with that being said, what game has not been released yet that's coming that you're excited about? Feral Interactive have a, I don't know if you guys have seen it, it's it's a teaser. It's a port radar where it's got, little blips flying left and right and you have to catch it with your mouse to click on it to find the clue and they've got a game coming out for both mac and linux and it hasn't been named yet and i don't know what it is and i you know you like all of their releases (laughs) are really good well it's not just that they're good they're all big games right you know the kind of a lot of the time platform pushing games that can really help us. And so I'm just damn excited to find out what it is. <laughs> so That's I did point. see that little chart. So there's no telling like how long that will be till it, till we know though. They always make jokes about the radar being self-aware and it does whatever it wants <laughs> and things like that. And it, <laughs> their uh, feral social game is pretty on ball. Yeah. So you must have racked up an incredible steam game collection i mean i've got it we gotta know how many games do you have in your steam library right now okay uh just games overall i have 1100 oh Oh my my gosh (laughs) how do you choose something to play with all of that wait i'm gonna sit down to play a game tonight out of 1100 games (laughs) 
you yeah, you kind of scrolling and scrolling. Yeah, you sit there and you just go, "I'm going to play a game." <laughs> yeah, like you, you just go down this list and 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 you, you scroll for give up in the end. You scroll for five minutes and you're still in the A's. <laughs> That's it's, awesome. It's crazy though, but I mean, uh, talking about game library, I've got so eleven hundred in total. Now I'd like to point out. 996 of those support Linux. Wow. That, that is, awesome. is That's how far it's come. It's nuts. That's incredible. And I think Steam itself is actually nearing 4,000 Linux games now, which incredible. is, yeah, insane. All right. So do you have a favorite site to get games for Linux, or do you just get them anywhere from, you know, GOG or Steam, Humble Bundle? I I try not to have any favorites because I think every site has its own set of issues and I don't want to give favorites to any particular store because then I think it can introduce an element of bias. Sure. So although GOG has been pretty nice because they actually send me keys to cover stuff <laughs> as well, which is especially useful when publishers don't reply to me. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, being that you analyze games for a living and you have 1100 in your box, are there a particular kind of games that actually capture your attention that you're like, I'm not doing a review on this necessarily. I already have. I'm going to play this off the clock. Yeah, that would have to be real time strategy games. The kind where you're building a base and an army and sending it off. Nice. I cannot get enough of them, which is why. I'm so like, I could be shaking my desk with excitement about Ashes of the Singularity, which is, they've said it's coming out and it's coming with Vulcan support, but they haven't given any time frame or any update really on what's happening, but it's a massive real-time strategy game with like little units, great big dreadnoughts, and it, to have that on Linux would be great. Nice. And a good showcase for Vulcan, hopefully, as well. Yeah, definitely. What is your what is your take on Vulcan overall? I mean, the the times that I've played with it for the games that it runs on, Ballistic Overkill, Doom, I was blown away by the performance. Have you seen similar results? It all depends. It's it's like MPGL. It depends on the how it's implemented, mm-hmm. what uh, what type of game it is as well, because well, from one game to the other, it can be completely different. It, you know, yeah. there's, there's so many things that can change the performance of a game. And I think it's it's too early to tell anything, really. So it's too early not to declare it's it. the future yet, but some of the indications sure show that it's got some amazing capability. It's also a lot more complicated for developers to use. So it's, it's a bigger barrier than OpenGL, and it's not been out so long to have proven itself game engines have to be updated for it developers have to you know relearn and because with OpenGL, developers that have used it for years obviously know the different fast paths the different ins and outs the different quirks of it which everyone's got to go through again for vulcan but i think next year hopefully we'll start to see more and more come in especially with like unity and unreal engine getting support for it That's a take you don't often hear about. So that's good. All right. So, you know, you 
mentioned about um, when developers don't respond. <laughs> okay. So do you ever hear from developers when maybe you give a bad rating to a game? Yeah, I've, I've got a little story about that one. <laughs> All right. Let me get my coffee. I, uh, I've, re- I've read an article about uh, this. It was like some crappy little platformer. <laughs> and bearing in mind, the developers set these keys to me because one of Gaming on Linux's followers suggested they do this. <laughs> so, yeah, I covered it. I played it. But I actually have two Steam accounts. One that I do a lot of the review stuff on just so that I'm not bothered in any way. And then the other one is my more public account. Now, I added these to the other account so people couldn't really see what I was doing. And the developer then posted like comments on the article because they were not happy because I basically said this game was <laughs> um, and they they commented like you didn't even get this achievement you get this within the first couple of minutes from doing nothing and then so I went back and I was like wait I was supposed to get achievements and I played it played a bunch of it again and I came back like sorry to tell you this man but you know the achievements don't even work but they yeah they were they were really not happy putting out wild claims <laughs> and it, it was nuts. It's obviously someone who's probably about, you know, 13 or 14. They're trying to make their games and it was, it was weird to have someone just dis- try and discredit you in your own comments when <laughs> they, the example they've given is that you should get this achievement at the start of the game, but the achievements don't even work on Linux and it's just, oh, it was awful. <laughs> Well, anytime you do a review site of any kind, you're going to get, uh, oh, you're going to yeah. have to be honest and you're going to have to say when something's bad, you're going to have to say it's bad. And I can't imagine like some of the hate mail. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> it's quite surprising, really, because when I say I don't particularly like a game or when I can really grill a game, I actually don't get a lot of developers reply about it. A lot of them are actually quite understanding about the issues in the game. Like, yeah. because well there's there's bugs and you know they need to solve them right. or the game is just crap and what I'm saying a game is really bad you can generally tell because well no one's really buying it it's been reviewed quite poorly elsewhere anyway so it's not like it's just me right well it's a unique opportunity for developers if you're not just being overly trollish or mean for the sake of doing it it would be an opportunity for a developer to take those notes back, make the adjustments, you know, based on some of the criticisms they're hearing and make the game better. So it's really a great opportunity if they listen to it. If they don't, then yeah. A lot of the time I will send my feedback to the developer before publishing the article, because if they want to get that sorted and get it fixed, I'm happy to change things because, well, that's the point of giving feedback, isn't it? To get a better game. That's awesome. That's a great way of looking at it. So if you could interview anyone in the gaming or the Linux industry right now on your site, who would you interview? Besides I'd me, li- Rocco. Oh my God. I'd like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd, honestly, I'd really like to have Gabe Newell from Valve just sat in the room. To oh have, yeah, that's a good one. To have, have a beer or an ale or something and just pick his brains. Yeah, I, th- I think that would be really nice. Definitely. And not just about Linux and Steam and things, just about everything, man. Yeah. So gaming on Linux 
it had you have the gaming on Linux site. It has no paywalls. It has no timed articles. And you have you do have a s- support pages like you have a PayPal page, a Patreon page. So people can go there, we'll leave links for those. Um, so they won't even so on their site they don't have to see ads. I hate adverts. And they just <laughs> annoy the hell out of me. Like um not mentioning any names, PC gamer. <laughs> but you uh certain sites and we'll now give you a big pop-up oh covering this much of your screen saying please disable your ad blocker and it's just oh, it's, it's becoming a nightmare because when you do disable it you then get adverts down the side of your screen some of the links are adverts not actual links to what they should be some give you pop-ups like i've been on i'm not going to mention who it is but I was on a certain Linux site on my phone, clicked on an article, and it instantly sent me to the Google Play Store with the app. And I was just like, <laughs> "I, it's awful. Adverts aren't necessarily bad. It's how they're done and how they screw with you. Yeah. The, the video autoplay thing, the pop-up to remove your ad blocker. The first thing I do when I see that is I'm like, I'm really not that interested to see it from you anyways. I'll go, I'd rather take the time to search for somebody else who's talking about it than yeah, to deal with that stuff. And you would think that would be the norm. Most people would do that, but they keep showing up more and more on more sites. And now they've got even this new thing with a lot of newspapers and stuff where they'll give you part of the article and then say, pay $5 if you want to read the rest of the article and subscribe for a month. I'm like, really? At this day and age, aggregating news, uh, you're going to get money for that? Well, I don't understand how any site with a, any news site with a paywall will survive. Yeah, I, do, I don't think they will. Well, you set up your website like this with all of these things we just talked about. So, why was it important to make it open like that? And what, like, what shaped your opinion to make? I want to make gaming on Linux like that. Ah, uh, it was user feedback, really. To be honest with you plus my own distaste for adverts. Uh, when when Patreon came along, people were emailing me every week, like, try this for funding. You know, it might really work. I tried it. And to my surprise, yeah, I'm, I'm now <laughs> making a living out of it. So I'm, I think it's fantastic for content creators. It, oh, it's just, it's changed my world. Yeah, it's amazing say? how giving... The Linux community really is and how many different Linux elements they support through these elements to keep things free, to keep ads off of it, but to keep content coming. I mean, the Linux community is extraordinarily giving. And I think that that's awesome that you're still able to keep your site that way. One of the things I also love about your site is you have a section for people to submit their own articles. Yes. If they're interested. What kind that of articles is- are you guys looking for? Uh, anything. That's actually how a lot of the people who are are regular contributors now actually started. They started by, you know, submitting little articles. And then I just said, Hey, do you want to like, you know, sort of join the team and just have access to push them out, you know, whenever you want. And that's how it got started with that. But I think it, it goes back to how, I like open source and things and I like keeping things open and giving people an opportunity to do their own thing and have it on, on the front page in front of everybody. I just, I like the idea of it. People contributing together to do it. 
I think it's nice. Yeah, it's awesome. So if there are some listeners out there right now who want to contribute, do they need any experience to contribute or what are you looking for? Just anything interesting. So if they have That's terrible spelling it. and stuff, you're going to have some editors or yourself <laughs> go in there and kind of fix it, right? Like if Rocco, he doesn't spell very well, sends you an article, you'll, you'll fix the spelling, right? <laughs> yeah, like we get we get some truly awful stuff coming in there. Like people, <laughs> people would put in what should be like six or seven paragraphs all squashed together without, <laughs> you know, without false stops, commas or anything. And you're looking at it. And you're looking at this big ball of text and you're just thinking, <laughs> what do I do with that? Some of them, you just have to kind of just go, no, we're going to just completely write our own thing on this now. Right. And, you know, give them a thank you for, you know, for the, for the tip and so on. But no, you do get some people who send out, out of the blue, some really awesome stuff. So it, I think the system of just letting people contribute to your site whenever they want. I think is good to have for any site, I think, really. Yeah, I think it's such a cool idea. Uh, one of the things, if someone was interested in it, what do you think, what are the elements that make up a great game review? Obviously, earlier you were talking about you had seen some people do it horribly, you had seen some people do it good. What are the elements somebody needs, if basic elements for a good game review? It's kind of a tough question because I don't think my reviews are any good. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> a true artist, always hate your own work, right? right? <laughs> All right, so no. gaming on Linux is much more than just gaming reviews. So you have, we've talked about Twitch, we've talked about YouTube, you have uh, forums, you have Discord, um, and an IRC chat. So are there any other platforms that you're wanting to branch out to? Uh, we're also on Mastodon, uh, Diaspora Star, a uh, couple of other random sort of open <laughs> social networks. We've also just, I think within the last two weeks it started we've put up a like a sales page that aggregates sales from steam fanatical gog and a couple other sites like that very so nice hopefully that'll be a useful resource for people we'll soon see so are there any other changes besides that we can look forward to on gaming on linux any new things you guys are trying to take on or do uh right now the last thing we've added is um uh, is a free games page which i'm still working on at the moment it's only got like 32 games on it right now but just a single place people could go to to find just free games on i Linux. love that idea yeah um you know be able to sort it by whether it's closed source or open source or like if it's an rpg or strategy game but then you could say click on the RPG tag and it will change the page to show free RPG games. Like that sort of thing is what I'm aiming for. Awesome. So one of our last questions here, and then we'll get into some gaming news. Rocco and I play rocket league. We're nearly pro. You might've seen us on the Twitch circuit. Uh, Rocco has some issues cause we've, I've documented this and I've sent it to his family. Hopefully they'll help him. He's got 171 hours of rocket league. Uh, right now, game time. Uh, in your professional opinion, should Rocco seek help? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and most that importantly, is such, that is so much lies right there. <laughs> so fake news. <laughs> fake news. Most importantly, will there be a chance we might be able to get you, Liam, to game with us in Rocket League? 
Yeah, I think I've only got like 70 hours or something, so you might have to go quite easy on me. I can't oh. do any of the flying tricks in the air yet. I still haven't figured them out. Rocco never leaves the air. He's so good. No, we're horrible. Wow. You're going to fit right in. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. You go. Maybe uh, maybe you'll actually make me look good. There you yeah. go. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the questions we got. We're going to get into the news. But first, I want to thank you for all of the hard work that you do. Um, your, Thanks. Your site is obviously a favorite of ours. Top notch. And I'm I obviously from the numbers, it's a favorite in the Linux community. So we recommend everybody go. And if you haven't, I don't know where you are, but if you haven't checked out Gaming on Linux, you must go check it out. Definitely check out the YouTube and Twitch channels and maybe even go and support them on PayPal or Patreon. So thank you, Liam. Thank you. So now we have some gaming news. And Liam, if you'll stick around with us, it would be awesome to have some back and forth uh, banter here with you on this. Yeah. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with this one. Rocco wasn't, but he's going to go check it out. Or I think you might have checked it out or grabbed it. But it's Next You Is, I think is how you pronounce it. And this is the game I've been playing this week. So every week we feature a game that I've been playing. And Next You Is is the one I grabbed. So talking about free Linux games, this could be one of your 35 it's kind of like an Unreal Tournament uh, style game here. It's very close quarter, first person shooter battles. But I felt like the first time I really booted up Unreal Tournament when I was playing this. And they had some amazing environments like the idea of you're in kind of a, a house, but you're a shrunken down character because everything's huge from basketballs and all this. And then you've got vehicles and you're just trying to own the next person, of course, that you see as you get in. It's a really fun game. Uh, the servers are, it's obviously multiplayer. The servers are a little light, uh, but you can find a game. It's not like there's not enough people on there. You're not going to find a game, but you know, some of the servers have eight or 10 or 12 people on them. So not nothing huge, but I'm hoping some more people go check it out because it's really a neat game. Talking about next wisdom. Um, I don't know if you know this, but it was actually forked into another game called Zonotic. I did not know that. Yeah, because they had a bit of an issue quite some time ago where they sold the, I don't, I don't know how you say it, whether it's Next, Next Wiz or something, but they sort of sold out their name to a company wanting to make it into a console game. So then people weren't very happy, and then they forked it into Zonotic, if I've got my story correct there. So very that's another one to check out. Very cool. Well, okay, so my question is, this game in particular has solo or online 4v4 multiplayer. Mm -hmm. So is having multiplayer online, an is it a key factor in something you would buy? Like, must it have four v uh, multiplayer? For me personally, if it is a first-person shooter, yes, it has to have multiplayer. Now, there are other games that, to me, I wouldn't care if it's online or not. What do you think, Liam? It depends what kind of shooter it is, really. Like, there are some fantastic first-person shooters that are single-player only, like the Metro games. They're, they're amazing. Yes, they are. So it's not... It's not always something that you need. I think online can ruin some games. It's true. Or the developers tend to focus too much on the online and not enough on the actual content. Bingo. Yeah. Yep. 
So there's a big update, Rocco, for a game called Planet Nomads. It adds flights, alien monuments. Have you checked out Planet Nomad? I looked at the YouTube video. I didn't go deep into it. I know that there's a lot of updates to it. Um, there's even an infographic that Liam posted <laughs> <laughs> on the changes. But they, it said, you said in there that they ditched multiplayer. What is that all about, Liam? I'm still sad about that. <laughs> so why would they, um, they do something like that? Yeah, it's it's kind of kind of weird, really, because they've built a sandbox survival game mm -hmm. where the big hook of sandbox survival games is usually the fact that it's multiplayer. There's not many of them that are single player that have actually done well for themselves. And they just decided to drop multiplayer and focus on single player to really hammer that out, which is, yeah, it's a shame. It's kind of weird because this game, first of all, reminded me of No Man's Sky. I actually am one of the few people I think on yeah. planet Earth that liked No Man's Sky a little bit. And that's because I never read the bad reviews. I just picked up the game and started playing it. And I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. Space exploration, everything else. Then I looked at what they had promised they were going to release. And I was like, oh, that's why everybody hates it. <laughs> so one of the things they had promised they were going to release was multiplayer where they have all these, you know, worlds that get generated, but you would run into people and nobody was ever there in the, I probably have a lot. I probably have as many hours as Rocco has logged in Rocket League and No Man's Sky, but I never ran into a single individual. So this seems very similar to that idea again, where multiplayer is gone, but you're kind of going out there creating bases and stuff for your own amusement. Minecrafty, I guess. Yeah. See, the problem is unless I like they're going in the direction they're going in now seems to be okay, but unless the single player experience is absolutely amazing. I think they've made the wrong decision about dropping multiplayer. Interesting. Well, I think it goes back to what you said. It's the type of game and, and what it offers because something like, you know, like I said, Half-Life 2 is one of my favorite uh, Linux games of all time. Only single player. But yet that it worked for that game. But something uh, like this. Half-Life 2 does have multiplayer. Wait. Half-Life 2 has multiplayer? Yeah, it has like deathmatch modes and things like that. Yeah, okay. I have played the deathmatch modes, but I didn't find it I didn't find it like It was the game. a major component of it. Yeah, it like I found it completely different than the actual game itself. And maybe yeah, that's just me, but You don't pick up Half-Life 2 for the multiplayer. Let's put it that way. Right. So speaking of a game you would pick up for multiplayer, The Ark Aberration, Aberration, is that how you say it? Expansion is coming out. So Ark is one of the games that's a AAA title, obviously out for Linux. Um, it was very popular for a long while on Twitch. I think it's still relatively popular there. It doesn't really make the top 10, but it's generally uh, in the list of top 50 or so games that people were playing out there. But they've got a new expansion. This is the game, Rocco. I know you were going to bring it up anyways, that with Popey, I must <laughs> I mistook with Rust. Uh, this is not Rust, Ryan. This is Ark. <laughs> oh, oh, my bad. I got those two confused recently. But no, uh, Ark has uh, tons of new items, new creatures, new environments. Of course, it runs on Linux. I believe, Liam, the expansion is going to come out for Linux. Do they usually have a delay between their releases? Do you know? Uh, not usually, no. 
So uh, it should be day one. So hopefully the official release is on December 12th. People who play Ark or want to try a multiplayer game with dinosaurs and all kinds of other cool stuff can go pick up that expansion on December 12th. Are you a big fan of Ark, Liam? No. <laughs> okay. I and initially I, I well I wanted to be let, I bought it ready for the release and I I remember staying up quite late for the release and it was a major disappointment. What are some of the elements you don't like? It looks nothing like the Windows version. It performs nothing like the Windows version. Oh, um, gotcha. It's <laughs> it crashes a lot and just it's there's so many issues like right now on one of the maps the water is completely broken and you have to fix it yourself by copying a file from one of the free oh my god one of the free maps over and they've left it like that for i think a half a year plus wow so it's not so much the game's terrible it's the port then yeah the the game itself is the whole idea of it is fantastic, but the port, the Linux version of it, is is really not good. I'm not a big fan of survival games, but the expansion looks pretty awesome, dude. If you watch the YouTube video on it, it just the worlds that you're in and the graphics that it has now, I don't know if it's going to look like that on Linux, but... <laughs> he says nope <laughs> you know it's really sad now that i think about it what you said because um you know some of the comments you get about gaming on linux people are like yeah good luck uh you know riding through the terminal and try to get things to work and you'll see that type of stuff from time to time and that really doesn't happen for the most part but then you have games like this which is a triple a title and you're telling me oh yeah to fix the water you gotta go find a random file paste it over i mean come on guys what's going on yeah it's so frustrating it is very annoying uh that goes back to a point that we were talking about earlier with uh the solus distribution mm -hmm. they with their steam integration they've actually gone and fixed that in their distribution so when i think when oh you install gosh. it on solus it will do that fix for you this is the kind of level solus are doing you know to help people game on linux i think it's awesome it is that is absolutely awesome Maybe we need to switch back to Solus Rocco again. Again, <laughs> our tele so our Telegram group was I was going to be renamed to uh, Destination Solus for a long time. So. Oh, I know they couldn't stop <laughs> talking about it. It's so good. All right, so the next game we're going to look at is uh, the Signal from Tolva. So Ooh. this is it says it's a third game from Big Robot. And they are the developer of Sir, You Are Being Hunted. So I have never played those games. How good are those games, Liam? Uh, Sir, You Are Being Hunted is pretty weird. It's I didn't really get along with it. <laughs> That's a good way of honest. saying it. It was just, I don't know, it was very strange, a very clunky experience. It was just strange. Do you see Signal of Tolva being better? I liked it better. Uh, it won't be for everyone, though, because it's an open-world FPS, but large amounts of it are quite lonely. You're just taking in the scenery, and then, like, the next minute, suddenly a bunch of robots are shooting at you. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I'm, actually, I'm actually in a first-person shooter. I kind of forgot, you know. That's funny. 
All right. So what do we got next? Well, that one looked fantastic. Now I'm a little bummed. All right. We got one I can't pronounce <laughs> right. Pawarumi, I think. Pawarumi, uh, a rather flashy shoot 'em up game is uh, out. So this is a retro futuristic sci fi pre Columbian universe. You take That's control. Bit of a mouthful. Yeah, it really is. Uh, when I looked at this I game, where the we first got thing I saw. <laughs> Probably the site gaming on Linux. <laughs> <laughs> um, the this game reminded me right away of R Type. That was one of the games it reminded me of. But Rocco, you had a space shooter in mind that I eventually we figured I out. I think it was I think it was Galaxian. Okay, but there was one more that was after Galaxian that it reminds me of, and I can't for the life of me think of it. But it looks basically just like it. And I used to love them, love that game. So, yeah, I, Liam, help me out. It's there's a game between after Galaxian that this game reminds me of, and I can't remember what it is. Galaga. Yeah. Well, Galaga was first, wasn't it? Then it yeah. was Galaxian. It was Atari, you think, though? I th Maybe our fans can send in some mail. Uh, I never played any of those. Oh, uh, see. So maybe our fans can remember. Rocco is thinking of a game between 1981 <laughs> and 1990. It's a space game. This is your homework. Uh, yeah, this is your homework. Uh, but this is this game looks really cool. I mean, if you've played any of those games on Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis had a bunch of games like this. These games will never go away because they're just a ton of fun. It's enemies swarming the screen fast-paced action, different types of blasters and lasers and bombs setting off to destroy your enemies. It's just a classic arcade sci-fi game, it looks to me. Have you actually, have you got a chance to play this one yet, Liam? It's good. Yeah, I like it. Um, you, you have three different weapons, but they're like color-coded. So one color will do more damage to a different color enemy. It's that sort of thing. Right. Nice. So you have to... It's it's quite it's quite tricky because you're focusing on so much on the screen, but you you're trying to remember what weapon does better against what enemy. And oh yeah, wow, that's it's that's tricky. It's it's cool. It's it's good idea, and it, the Linux version works pretty well. So yeah, I like it. Was there any multiplayer element to this, like where you could have two people battling or not? Uh, that I haven't tried. I'm not sure if it does or it doesn't. Rocco, if it does, far, yeah. boy, we got to get into that game. Well, I used to love games like that, and you know, I used to play them on Atari and stuff. So it would be awesome to play this. So the fans know Rocco's trying to be modest now because we're on the show. But earlier he was telling me you're in my world now if you play a game like that, buddy. Wow, that did you? I say that? <laughs> I don't remember what? saying that, dude. <laughs> this is this episode is full of fake news. Fake news. <laughs> so. Rocco, would you ever want to have an Atari box joystick? You know, a joystick with basically a Raspberry Pi stuck inside. That looks like an Atari an joystick? An Atari joystick, yeah. Maybe if I was playing on an Atari. But see, here's... Which apparently you won. Well, okay, but here's the thing. Um, you had mentioned a Raspberry Pi. Yeah. We were talking about this earlier, and you had said, well, anybody can do this with a Raspberry Pi. But my point was that um, not everybody is capable or even wants to do that. Where if they had something that they could actually buy that looks and feels like an old Atari, why wouldn't people buy it? I think it'd be a great thing. 
And it's powered by Linux. That's true. That's the most important part there. Liam, are you going to get your hands on an Atari box? Well, the the actual box itself sounds quite exciting, I think. I, li- I like the idea of it because it's essentially a Linux console for retro games plus apparently some current generation games that they're talking to developers about bringing to Linux for it. So that part as well sounds quite fun. But it's not just that. It's the fact that Atari are saying you'll have full access to the underlying Linux operating system to do you know whatever you want with. So that sounds cool. But the Atari joystick, hell no. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a I mean, favorite of anybody's. Yeah. Nobody looks back and goes, that was the controller, man. No, no it's, it's just going to hurt after like five minutes. Right. <laughs> but that's like the nostalgia part of it. Like, I'm not yeah. saying it was the best controller ever for controlling how you played the game. But if you grew up on that, then it's it's like nostalgia to go back and play something like that. Now, I'm not saying I'd want to play that on that every day, but it would be cool to do it once in a while. Well, Rocco, if anyone's thinking of getting you a gift, an Atari box is what they can send to you. You'll love it. Mm-hmm. So Steam continues to get bigger as if it wasn't big enough and has broken another record of concurrent users at 17.6 million concurrent users. Was it concurrent 17.6 concurrent users on the website at the same time and 6.8 million of which were actually in a game? Yeah. It's absolutely insane numbers. And I no. think it does does nothing but uh, help Linux. I know that not everybody there was on Linux, but the more people that use Steam, the more people will be using Steam or possibly could be using Steam on Linux. So I think it's awesome. Yeah. Well, Steam's definitely done a lot for Linux and moving it forward. So glad to see they're continuing to grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, Liam, this article says that uh, Player Unknown Battlegrounds is driving a lot of this. So yeah, what do you think? Are you, are you, well, are you a fan of PUBG? If if it came to Linux, I'd probably be playing it right now on the other screen. Yeah, whilst, whilst we're talking. <laughs> While While you're talking. being interviewed, you're playing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. What was that question? I was oh, dead. <laughs> you, know, you know, um, I I love the idea of those games, and I think it is a shame it's not on Linux. And yeah. it's it's a game that's constantly growing in markets where Linux just isn't popular, and. That's one of the reasons that the Linux market share on Steam has gone down. It's it's crazy how Steam is expanding in those markets at the moment. Yeah. Well, with the nice. amount of players that are playing PUBG, and, and I've said before where I could open my friends list at any time and 90% of the people are playing PUBG. I just think that that's one of those games where you mentioned, you know, it'd be so nice to have that on Linux. If something like that happens where we get a game like that, that's hit this popularity ramp like it has, or Fortnite for that matter, because Fortnite is starting to take off, especially in the Twitch communities as a competitor to PUBG, although it's going to take a while for anybody to catch up to them. That's going to be a major breaking point for Linux. And it would be so amazing to see one of these companies release support like that because i'm sure someone in the linux community has figured out how to get it to work on linux uh but it won't run obviously as well 
until unless it was a native port. So here's to hoping one day. Someday. Yeah. All right. So the next article is um, from Pharaoh Interactive, and this is from the 21st. So I'm not sure. Is this out, Liam, this Meet the Templars? Uh, uh, yeah, they. it's the expansion for XCOM 2. Yeah. The Reward the Chosen. All right. So you said that uh, XCOM 2 would be like one of your favorite all-time games. I'm gonna have yeah. to. I'm gonna definitely have to check this out. But the, anyway, there is an expansion for it. Um, so, have you played the expansion? Oh yes. So, it's, what do you think? It, it's absolutely massive. It changes the game in so many ways. With there's just a lot more content now as well. I think, but XCOM 2 by itself without the expansion was already a really great strategy game, mm. and this has just made it even better nice. so i anybody who likes strategy games has to check out xcom 2 uh, but the one note is that you must own xcom 2 in order to play the expansion so it's not a standard yeah, yeah no definitely worth a purchase now we were talking about wine earlier and wine 3.0 rc1 should be out in early december final release likely in january now what is really neat about this are some of the features that they're adding to improve the performance here. We've got multi-threaded command stream and direct 3D to improve game performance, support for tessellation shaders, shader improvements, improved DPI, more shader, shader uh, model 5 instructions, window version set to Windows 7 new for prefixes, direct 2D rendering improvements, locks of work toward the Android support, bug fixes, general improvements to existing features. So... So there's not much going on. Not much happening with wine. It's a dead project. <laughs> <laughs> but all of this uh, contributes to, obviously, the improvements of the experience for those who do utilize wine for gaming to make it that much better. Very important stuff. So this is a release candidate. Um, and the final release is likely in January. Liam, how big is this for wine? Is this just like a... Is this like a small update or how big is this? Well, jumping from Wine 2 to, well, what will be Wine 3 then will be a pretty insane difference. But I don't really think they need to do a 3.0 release because they're pumping out these development releases all the time. And it's just getting better and better, I think. But then... It could be a good idea to do releases like that because for, well, publicity sake, really. And I think them just saying we're going to do Wine 3.0, just, yeah, I, I didn't think they really needed to do something like that. Now, does Play on Linux automatically adapt to, so when they release 3.0, would somebody have to wait for Play on Linux to adapt to that or do they usually release together? Do you know, Liam? Uh, Play on Linux generally have their own downloads for Wine. So for each specific game or application, I believe you can go in and manually pick the Wine versions for it or download a different version. Gotcha. Okay. So a game you're not going to have to have Wine for, Oxygen Not Included. I feel like you mentioned we mentioned this earlier. And yeah. uh, so Oxygen Not Included, yeah, because this is the game you were streaming. 
It's an early access game available for Steam. It kind of reminded me the name of the Batteries Not Included movie, by the way, when I saw it there, but I don't know if it has any relation to that at all. But Oxygen Not Included is a space colony simulation game. has an overwhelmingly positive 3,000 reviews. So clearly they're doing something right. The game is $19.99. You've played it. You've not only played it, but you've played it on your Twitch channel. What do you think? We kind of know I what you think. think. <laughs> yeah, I think when it's finished, when it's completely finished, I think it'll be a masterpiece. It's so... Wow. It's one of those games where as you're learning it, you're filled with wonder at all these things that you're seeing. And the simulation that's going on behind it is absolutely nuts. Because wow. as the name suggests, oxygen is something you know you have to produce and you have to find. And... There's like water simulation going on, gas simulation. And it's just, it's funny. I walked in on uh, the girlfriend playing it before and she was like, this guy's just thrown up into my water and <laughs> all my people are taking away everywhere and, and it's all gone into our fresh water. And, and I was playing it and I had problems with people not washing their hands after they go into toilet. And it's got um like a bacterial simulations as well so wow. stuff will get infected and it's just it's it's nuts it's such a good game i, lo- I love it brilliant. It's brilliant what else we got rocco all right we got adam rpg now you just did a, a stream on twitch on this yeah that was the game that i talked about earlier that took me like two hours to cut away 15 minutes for a youtube <laughs> <laughs> I I watched this and it was funny. You were talking about it as you're as you're streaming it, and uh, you're saying about it was weird. The world's like as soon as you got to the edge of the world, it just like completely dropped off. Yeah, it was it's weird. I don't I don't really like that for that type of game. I, I don't think it really works. It felt too abrupt because you get the the maps are all quite small sections, and when you get to the end of it, there's just nothing. It's just cut straight down. It's it's weird. Yeah. It's kind of it, cool in a way because when you look at, say, like a river, you're looking at everything on from the side view. So I guess some people might like it. It's an interesting game. They say it's inspired by classic CRPGs like Fallout, Wasteland, Dusex, Baldur's Gate. And I mean, every game they mentioned, I'm like, love it, love it, love it, love it more. So that it's inspired by that. So it's not necessarily that. It's got 54 very positive reviews, top-down game style, but not necessarily one of your favorite games so far, huh? <laughs> well, check it out uh, and see if it's a game for you. And last but not least, we've got Civilization, Civilization 6 expansion, The Rise and Fall. So Civilization, obviously, AAA title here. And they've got a new expansion coming out. Rocco, you want to tell us about it? I have never played Civilization. <laughs> ever. I don't know why. I just never played Civilization. Well, XCOM first, then Civilization. That's your homework. I can't. There's not enough time in the day to play all the good games that are out there, dude. And then be a Rocket League pro at the same well, time. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, we got we to gotta play Rocket League, right? <laughs> well, they're adding some fascinating elements here. They got dark and golden ages for your civilizations, a new emergency situations set up, which sounds like basically if you go in and you say nuke a neighbor based on what I was reading, then it can send notifications to other players within the region for them to kind of get a council together 
like North Korea here and try to figure out how to deal with you. Maybe nuke you back or something along those new storytelling elements, nine new leaders and eight new civilizations with a February 2018 release. This seems like this is your kind of game, Liam. Yeah, I quite like the Civilization games, and this is sounding like a pretty heavy expansion. So it's going to be interesting. Although I imagine the Linux release might see a little bit of a delay. It's usually the case when it comes to the Civilization expansions. So just bear that in mind for the release date. Nice. Well, that is all of our gaming news. Liam, it's been incredible having you on uh, and talking about your amazing site contribution to Linux and all you do on Twitch and YouTube to help expose Linux to others. We appreciate your work very much and love what you're doing. Thank you. It was, it was fun. Yeah, man. Um, I know that uh, a lot of your work uh, may seem, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but there's a lot of times where things, people do things behind the scenes and they don't get thanked for what they do. And as I said before, I want to thank you so much for everything you do to help gaming and Linux grow. Yep. It's one of the last big hurdles for us to overcome in Linux, I think. Yep. Definitely. All right, man. We appreciate it. And we got to mention the patrons. You Ryan. know, you really should, Rocco. Mention They're the patrons, important. Ryan. Well, nobody we love more. Well, that's not true, that's right? Not we true. love everybody. But we especially love our patrons for your continued support and everything you guys do to keep this show running. Uh, for everybody else, thank you for continuing to watch and download the episodes. And obviously, the growth of our podcast allows us to get awesome people like Liam on the channel who agreed to interview. So we are very happy for you continuing to support us. And maybe we'll play some Rocket League. Yes. Maybe with Liam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, you'll also find us on the Big Daddy Linux live show on Saturday night. So, Liam, if you're interested in showing up, but you're probably you're probably way in bed by then. Um, but it happens at 1030 Eastern and on the Big Daddy Linux YouTube channel where we all get together. We get together on Zoom and anybody who wants to talk about gaming or Linux uh, can just get on and we all have a big conversation. So maybe we'll see you uh, there. What time's that in UTC? I guess that would be 3.30 a.m. A.m. <laughs> yeah, I'll be in bed. So I guess you won't make it, but maybe someday. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So a big thank you to everyone. Thank you for supporting us. Have a great week. Remember, the journey itself is just as important as the destination. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Destination Linux Podcast. You'd be shocked. Shocked, I tell you. We need to do an audio test here. I got a brand new mic. It could sound like static. Will you stop worrying? Just want you to ooh and ah. That's all. So that's cool. Oh, Ryan, so you got such a great mic. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Yes, I am. I'm totally so jealous. <laughs> Someday <laughs> I might be as cool as you. Well, let's not go that far. Yeah.
probably never. No. It's cool. And then there's Dusky. Cool. Yeah, can you hear me? I, I Sorry, can. Rock, I screwed up this week. I can hear you, and I am so sick and tired of the guy sitting next to me. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> he is driving me insane. I feel triggered. You know, you never make time for me, Rocco. Wow. You never make time for me. <laughs> you two need to get a room. He's, tell you. he's very needy. You know that? <laughs> oh, man. A true relationship is based upon give and take. Right? That's right, Rocco. Tell him that, take. Zeb. Yeah. Rocco Rocco's gives take. it. That's Geek takes it. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> what? How did this happen? <laughs> you know, people people come to see me. Let's just be honest, Rocco. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I'm just a guy that pushes a button, dude. That's all I do. 